0: Welcome to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. We are coming to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Each week on this program, we'll be discussing key topics to empower you to succeed with the job search and your career. In addition, we'll share with you the latest career-related news and jobs data you can use to land a new job and make more money. Our goal with your career is to share with you insider secrets and tips you can use whether you're looking for a new job or just want to make more on your existing one. On today's program, we have an exciting guest. That guest is me. We're going to be talking about interviewing to win. And uh, so I'm really pumped about this topic because of all the things that that people struggle with when it comes to the job search process. It's successfully interviewing. And uh, who better to talk about the interviewing than yours truly, Todd Bermont on the Lone Star Radio Network. By the way, if you have questions for us, check us out on Facebook. Your Career, Todd Burmont is a great Facebook page, and there you can ask us questions and and each week on this show, we are doing a segment now, a weekly question of the week segment. So if you have a question you'd like answered on this particular segment, definitely let us know, all right? So before diving in, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Bermont, author of 10 Insider Secrets to a Winning Job Search. And I'm also the director of sales and marketing for a company called Evolve, and they uh, plan, design, build, and maintain data centers We're based out of Houston. Now, um, regular listeners know one of the first things we talk about is the Weekly Unemployment Report, and I am really excited today because uh, we had a great report this past week, and uh, 20,000 fewer people filed for unemployment claims this week than the previous week. So the real number, those of you... I listen to this program on a regular basis. You know, I look at the unadjusted number and not the adjusted number, and the real number, the unadjusted, was two hundred and sixty thousand for the week, which uh, not a bad number at all. As long as you're below three hundred thousand, our economy is looking pretty decent. So to be forty thousand below that at two hundred and sixty thousand, um, that's pretty good. Now, uh, you know, I I have to get on uh, the current administration's case a little bit. You know, to you know, to be fair. You know, I used to get on the other administration, uh, the last uh, presidential administration, you know, on how the numbers would differ so much between the adjusted numbers and the unadjusted numbers, and and uh, you know, I was hoping that that gap might uh, narrow. You know, ideally, it ought to be the same number, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, uh, they announced this week: two hundred thirty-four thousand was the announced number of people that lost, uh, filed for unemployment. But the real number, 260,000. So it seems like we're still up to that funny math when it comes to the unemployment report. I guess it doesn't matter what administration's in the White House on on that one. So, uh, But but anyway, let's go to our question of the week because this is a question, and and it kind of ties in a little bit to the guest that we had last week, Shelby Sims. And uh, for those of you that uh, weren't able to listen to the program last week, Uh, We had a a data center manager on that um, has had an incredible career, and she just had a GED degree. And, you know, it seems like uh, this question is coming up more and more, and I I, I think a part of the reason for this is uh, that when there are layoffs, sometimes uh, folks that are impacted are those that are a little bit older in age. And in the past, uh, having a college education uh, wasn't perceived to be quite as important as it is now and um, the question of the week is from Diana and Diana asks do I the the jobs that I'm interested in she Diana's in procurement uh, with a uh, within a city government I won't say which city but she's uh, it, working in procurement but they're going to be cutting back and they've let some employees know that they're going to be let go and Diana unfortunately is going to be impacted by that. And she's been in this position now for uh, many, many years and did not have a uh, or does not have a college degree. And Diana really wants to go back into working uh, in procurement with another entity, whether it be another government department or whether it be another employer. And Diana's wondering, can I even apply for these jobs? Because she, she's looking online and seeing the job postings online and and she's seeing the fact that uh, they're all requesting a uh, college degree. And, uh, you know, so she's wondering, do I even bother applying? And my answer is yes with, with uh, quotations on that. And, and I'll tell you why I, I say that. I absolutely believe that if you don't have a degree but you feel and you have the experience that you're qualified for an opportunity where you do have a degree, uh, I mean, an opportunity where they're requesting a degree, uh, yes, you should apply. Because from a hiring manager perspective, I'll tell you, I always looked more for whether or not I felt the individual could do the job. I didn't really care what piece of paper the individual was holding. I just wanted to know that the individual had the talent and the tenacity and and what was necessary to do the job. Challenges, though, I'm a hiring manager, right? When you apply online, though, you're applying typically through an HR system or through an automated system. And the function of HR and the function of these systems is to weed out as many candidates as possible so then they can present to the hiring manager the cream of the crop, if you will, or the best possible candidates from their perspective. The challenge I've always had as a hiring manager is human resources for the most part, the folks in that department never did my job, never held my management level position. So They weren't really an expert in what it took to hire, you know, in my case, I hired salespeople. In a lot of cases, HR folks didn't really understand what it took to be a successful salesperson. So I kind of got off of my soapbox here, but to answer the question, yes, you should apply, but you should not apply through the online HR system because you are sure to be rejected. What I would recommend is instead go on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of the best tools out there when it comes to job search. Go on LinkedIn and find the title of the person that you were, you know, that you would be reporting to. So in this case, Diana is trying to get a procurement job. So likely she would report to like a director of procurement or a director of purchasing or it's or maybe a CFO, Uh, it depends on the organization, but likely a a director of purchasing uh, or procurement would be the level of person that she would report into. So what Diana should do for that uh, government entity that she's interested in working for is to go to LinkedIn and try to find who is the director of procurement for that particular department and reach out to that person directly either through LinkedIn or in the case of government agencies, a lot of them will publish the individual's uh, contact information, email address. So you could potentially try calling the person or sending the person an email directly if that information is online. So, uh, But e- either way, though, um, try to find the contact information of in that person or at a minimum... Send a connection request through LinkedIn. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. A little trick on on LinkedIn is you got to say that you've worked with the person before. Otherwise, you need to know their email address. So just click that option when you go to connect with the individual on LinkedIn that you've worked with them before. And uh, just put whatever title job you want to put on there that LinkedIn brings up from your profile. And then from there, you can reach out to that person directly. So... Hopefully that answers your question, Diana. And those of you in the audience that have a question that you'd like asked or addressed on the radio, please look up our Facebook page. That's Facebook slash your career todd Bermont. So with that, we are gonna be going to a break. Now when we come back from the break, we're gonna talk all about interviewing to win. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to translate the interview into a sales call methodology, because at the end of the day, you've always got to sell who you are. So you are listening to Lone Star Radio Network, 104.5, 106.1, and globally on IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned for more exciting dialogue.
1: Lone Star Community Radio is FM. That's right. Set your radio dials and your button presets to Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 coming in June of 2016. To celebrate this edition and the addition of video versions of our talk and music shows on YouTube, cable TV, and Our City TV, we are offering special sponsorship rates, which include Free audio spots that are played throughout our broadcast. Interested? Check out our sponsor rates for shows just like the one you're listening to online at irLonestar.com sponsor. Or call the station at 936-647-5747. Reaching the people of Montgomery County with Montgomery County's Community Radio Station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome
0: back to Your Career, I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermond. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. And uh, today's program is perhaps one of the most important topics we're going to discuss when it comes to the whole job search and, uh, you know, the process of getting a new job. And let's face it, where the rubber hits the road, it's the job interview. And a lot of people fail on the job interview for many reasons. One of the biggest reasons is lack of preparation. And when you think about it, like uh, we just had in Houston a wonderful, just an incredible Super Bowl. And uh, probably one of the best games uh, I've seen in the Super Bowl in a long, long time. And uh, proud to say that Houston did an incredible job hosting it. And when you think of the Super Bowl, Both teams had two full weeks to prepare for that one game. So they practiced and practiced and practiced and studied film and did everything possible to put themselves in a position to win that game. Now, when it comes to your interviewing, it's so important to have that kind of practice and preparation for your interviews. I'm not saying every interview... You necessarily want to put two weeks of practice and preparation in there. But, look, a football team, even for a regular game, will practice an entire week for one game. It's very important that you practice your interviewing skills. and So how do you go about practicing those skills? Well, it's important to, uh, first of all, try to predict what questions you're going to get asked. And then develop questions... Uh, develop answers to those questions that you're predicting you're going to get asked. Think about what are some of the challenges the boss is likely to face, uh, the hiring manager is likely to face, uh, that, that they're looking for you to solve it as the new person coming in. Think up of a bunch of questions that you want to ask. At the end of the day, the best interviews are those interviews when the hiring managers doing more the talking. In sales, we have a saying that our creator gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason that we should be listening twice as much as we're talking. And the same holds true for a job interview as well. So when it comes to the interview, it's all about selling. At the end of the day, you as the candidate are the product, but you're also the salesperson, and the ultimate end customer is the hiring manager, the person that's interviewing you. So your job, I don't care whether you're trying to become an accountant, whether you want to go into procurement, whether you want to uh, uh, go into graphic design. It doesn't matter. No matter what job you're looking to go into, you have to become a salesperson. And, And the product you're selling is you. So what I want to teach you in today's program is a five-step methodology on how you go about the interview. And this methodology comes years ago. Uh, I worked for a wonderful company called IBM and uh, went through, uh, back then they had an IBM sales school that they put all us sales folks through. And uh, they had a, a methodology called the custom-tailored sales call, which um, to this day, to me, is still an incredible methodology. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to apply that methodology to the job search process, okay? So the, so the first aspect of any interview is the introduction. Now, you may think the introduction is not important, but, uh, well, you know, let me bring our producer in at this point. You know, I'm I'm curious, Mr. Producer. When you meet somebody for the first time, it doesn't have to be a job interview or or anything. But uh, you know, like let's you know think back to when you were dating or whatever. You were going on a blind date. No, you've never been on a blind date. No. Wow, you're the first person I've ever met that's never been on a blind date. Really. Yeah, so how'd you meet all these all of these wonderful women over the years?
2: I talk loudly. <laughs> uh, no, I I've never been in a situation where I'm pursuing or offering my friends. Hey, I need to be set up on a blind date. I have never really been progressively looking for something like that. So, so uh, you married, engaged? Uh, what's your status? I'm dating a woman. You're yes. dating a woman, okay? And how'd you decide you were going to date this woman? Uh, we went on a date, and I called her back afterwards. How'd you meet her? I met her through a friend that we were all going to a festival. Okay. And she was part of the other group that was meeting with us. And all right. I met probably about ten people that day. All right. So you met ten people that day.
0: Yeah. How, how long did it take you to decide on who you might be interested in dating, out of that group of ten? Or were you even thinking about it? I wasn't even thinking about it. So, uh, so what? How, how long did it take you for you to think,
2: "Wow, this is kind of an interesting person"? She, she gave me a certain look, and I was like, "Oh, she's a, she's attracted to me. Maybe I should talk to her." And then I started talking to her, and then I got her phone number because it was really loud where we were. So I said, "I'd like to text you, and then give me your phone number so I can talk. I can hear you."
0: So, so all it took was just a look. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny that you say that because um, the way that I met my wife was uh, actually kind of unique. Uh, Back uh, when I was living in Chicago, uh, my wife and I, we were the first success story in Chicago from this. It was a new concept at the time called speed dating. Okay. And what they did was they had um, like 20 guys and 20 women were all in the same room. The women sat down. The guys all... All the women had a number, and all the guys had a number, and uh, you would get five minutes to talk to each person, and then you'd have to rotate, and then at the end of like two hours, and usually you didn't get to talk to everybody, but at the end of two hours, um, you would say what number people you were interested in. And then if that person also was interested in you, then they would give each other's contact information and, and, you know, then you'd go on a date from there. But it's interesting you said about the look because before the event started, uh, I was in this big room at this uh, art museum where the event was being held. And uh, I looked across the room, you know, I was just kind of scoping it out, you know, see all who was there and stuff. And I looked across the room, and the person who's now my wife, Paula, she gave me that look across the room, like, "Yeah, it's kind of safe to come over here, and I won't bite your head off." And and uh, come on over. And um, so we actually kind of cheated and started talking before the event even started. And then I broke the rules during the event, you know, because you weren't supposed to ask the person out on a date during the event. You were supposed to wait to make sure the numbers were all lined up and everything else. But I've never been a good rule follower, and so I broke the rules and asked her out on a date during my rotation around to her. But, uh, but yeah, it was just that look. And, um, you know, so why do we even get on this topic when it comes to job interviewing? Well, that's how important the introduction is of a job interview. Because uh, at the end of the day, how you look, not you know I'm not saying you want to give the interviewer that look, um, but but no but how you look your appearance. The the strength of your handshake, the confidence in your face, the uh, smile or lack thereof, um, you know the look of exuberance. Uh, at at the end of the day, the introduction is one of the most important aspects of, of the entire job interview. Because. Literally, it takes an interviewer as little as seven seconds to decide, you know, am I even interested in talking to this person or not? That's not to say they're going to decide to hire you within seven seconds, but there's been many times where people have ruled out a candidate within the first seven seconds. So the introduction... Is so critical. It's it's one of the most critical parts of the entire job interview process. So, how do you have a strong introduction? Well, let, let me ask the question, Mr. Producer. How, uh, if somebody were to interview you, uh, interview with you for a job, um, what would be some things that you might look for when you first meet that person that
2: would give you a comfort level one way or the other? As a person, or for the job, uh, for the job. For the job, I think it uh, – I mean, you can definitely tell if the clothes are well-kept or not, uh, meaning, like, do they wash them? Is it something they wear every day? Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the way I would look at it because I've seen some folks where they have the sweat stains on their collar, and they might wear a shirt that was 10 years old and clearly doesn't fit them anymore. Um, things like that, I would definitely, first off the bat, see that, and then also the way they keep their hair I can't really save much for me, but I'm my own boss, so I can do whatever I want with my hair. Uh, but uh, when it comes to talking to people and being presentable, that's definitely something I look for.
0: Yeah. Now, now I want uh, the audience. I, I want you to really key in on, on that because it was all about the clothes. It was all about the look, the grooming, the cleanliness, and these are all things that come into play with the introduction. Also, uh, well, let me ask you a question. If the person were to show up 10 minutes late versus 10 minutes early, which would give you a better impression without even meeting the person? Oh, if they're early. Yeah.
2: Or if they're late. I mean, that gave me an impression right well, there. Well, it gives so. you an
0: impression and not a good one, right? Yeah. And uh, so, so, you know, you think about it, just the time that you arrive for the interview, that in itself gives an impression of the caliber of candidate that you are. I, I don't care if you show up 30 seconds late or, or 30 minutes late. At the end of the day, you're late. So it's so important to be on time. Uh, next, as far as the grooming, you know, try to get to the where you're going to have the job interview a good 10 or 15 minutes in advance. So that way you can go to the bathroom, make sure your hair is combed properly. Also, you know, some of you that might have sweaty hands by nature or might be nervous, wash your hands with really hot uh, water. Use lots of soap. Do it three or four times. You'll find that your hands will dry out, and you'll have a much better handshake, and you won't have that that cold, clammy feel because you'll just wash yourself with really warm water. So those are some of the suggestions for the introduction. And when we come back from the break at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking about the other facets of the job interview. So with that, you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Burmont, on IR Lone Star FM 104.5, 106.1. Stay tuned.
2: Did you know your favorite show on Lone Star Community Radio are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, you name it, they're on it. Check out where they are online on IRLoneStar.com shows and see which of your favorite hosts are online. Make sure to follow them and see what is in store for the next broadcast. Follow Lone Star Community Radio on Twitter at IRLoneStar or Facebook with Facebook.com IRLoneStar.
0: Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermond. Each week on Your Career, we're sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. So before the break, we were talking about the first phase of a, of a successful interview. That's a tongue twister. The first phase of a successful job interview, and that's the introduction. And uh, with without a strong introduction, you might as well pack it up and go home. So it's so important to practice how you're going to introduce yourself and and practice your handshake and and make sure you show up on time now the second phase of a successful interview is to establish rapport and generate interest and there are many many ways you can establish rapport and uh so so mr producer let's say um you know, maybe you're going into somebody's house or maybe you're going um, on a business meeting or or maybe you're uh, going on an interview. Uh, in your mind, what would be some things that you could look to to see if you could find some common ground and to establish some rapport with a person?
2: Are you saying when you go in for the interview and you're just having a conversation or...
0: Yeah, it could even be... Uh, You're uh, greeted at the front of the building, and you're in the process of walking down the hallway to the office where you're going to be interviewed. And, um, you know, as you're walking down the hall, uh, what might be some things that you could do to build a little rapport with somebody before the formal interview starts?
2: I would definitely say uh, current event. Build it up, like bring it up. Like today, would probably be a good current event would be the Super Bowl. Yep. Because... You know, a lot of people watch it, and I don't know if anyone's watched it, but it was a really good game football-wise. So you can kind of determine what kind of someone's going with on a path. When they say, oh, I watched Super Bowl, it's really great. I really like the Patriots. And then you then you, can, you talk about what things like the Patriots and things like that. Uh, luckily for me, it will be on the radio. It's really easy. To, I've taught myself how to have a conversation with somebody when getting to know them because we try to we do so many interviews here. It's, sometimes you get the pride out of them. Sometimes it's really easy. Uh, So
0: what are some techniques or things that you do to make a person feel comfortable with you and for you to be able to pry out some of that information?
2: I would say uh, probably my biggest thing I had to learn is don't be afraid to ask more questions. If I didn't understand something like someone spoke about, like an event or a topic, I would ask more questions about it because I don't understand it. And that allowed me to find something that I could understand and then lead the conversation even further down the road. Uh, Because you would be amazed how you don't know everybody at right off the bat. So you got to get to know them. So you got to ask, keep asking questions, especially if you don't understand the answers. So you got to keep asking.
0: Absolutely, that's and and that's one of the best ways to establish rapport. Also, there's a lot of visual cues that you can look to. You know, like let's say uh, the building is a really nice office building, in a new office building. You can make a comment that, wow, this is a great facility. Uh, when was this built? You know, the, you know, did, did this facility win any awards? It's gorgeous. You know, there, there's ways that you can um, uh, build rapport by just looking at the facility. Um, or maybe the company was in the news recently. And, uh, you know, you could comment to the fact that, uh, uh, you know, maybe they – you saw an ad of theirs on TV or maybe it was uh, the company was mentioned in the news, some sort. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you could use that to build rapport as well. Um, then when you get into the person's office, now there's a lot of cues that you can look for. Uh, for instance, maybe they have a picture of the family on, on the desk and, uh, that could give you a cue that uh, the person's family or... You know, it was interesting. I was on a, um, a sales call, uh, well, it was a little over a week ago. And uh, this had to have been one of the more fun sales calls I've been on in a while. Because uh, when I walked in the door, I was greeted by two dogs in an office building. And uh, one was like a cute little poodle and the other one was like a little Yorkie type dogs you know just really cute dogs and you know when you walk into an office building you don't expect to see dogs right and um so that was a great relay point to to start the meeting with because i love dogs dogs are are without a doubt my favorite pet we have a dog at home spike hey spike if you're listening hi and uh i, I I love having dogs as pets, you know, I, and, and so it was awesome because it was a really easy relate point to, you know, to just start talking about dogs. Now, um, you know, this person also had, uh, the head of like, uh, I, I don't know if it was a deer or some sort of animal on, on the wall as well. So the, the gentleman was, uh, in, into hunting as well. So, the, so that was n- another potential relate point um, to talk about hunting. Um, also on the walls were some uh, pictures of, of him playing golf you know so you could talk potentially a little bit about golf oh it looks like uh, you're you're into golf and uh, you know ask a few questions about golf so um, so you can look for a lot of uh, visual cues. Now, um, also before you get to the interview, hopefully you researched the person that's going to be hiring you. And, uh, if so, you know, one of the things to look at is their LinkedIn profile and on their LinkedIn profile, look at their education and look at the companies that they previously worked for. Maybe they went to the same school as you. Maybe they're from the same hometown as you or the same area as you, uh, and and if that's the case, you know maybe uh, maybe you went to Texas A and M and they went to Texas A and M, you know, and and you could have an instant relate talking about your Aggie experience. So uh, you know, there's so many ways that you can establish rapport uh, with an interviewer. Now the next phase of the interview process, this is one of the most critical phases as well, and that is to review the needs, and. Um, this, to get, to get to your point, Dick, is, is uh, where you ask a ton of questions. And um, so when you interview people for a job, let's say, uh, what types of questions would you expect to get asked by the candidate that would give you maybe a, a favorable impression?
2: Well, what my name was, I think that's important to introduce yourself.
0: True. <laughs> um,
2: if that's already been done. I think what I would I would be looking for is something relatable to what they expect in the in their requirements at the job. So, you know, what's the team expecting? If there's a team involved, if there is a requirement for the job, say, for example, or is there quotas or if there's some type of system because you're going to be part of, well, I imagine, a, a Here's a purpose for you, like asking what the purpose is. Because uh, a lot of times I would say when I've gotten jobs, it's never on the paste paper for the job description what it really is. So you always got to ask those questions to me because I've learned my lesson through all different jobs. Like this isn't what I signed up for kind of mentality. So uh, those are the questions I like to hear because they don't really know. They don't work there. So when they start, they probably want to know what they're really getting into. Yep. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of, and that is awesome feedback.
0: And uh, I'd also like to share a couple of great questions to ask as well. And because uh, one of the things you want to do in uh, reviewing the needs is is this is where you're qualifying the hiring manager. This is where you're trying to decide, are you the right fit for the position? And yes, I'm saying this is for you to decide as the candidate as well as the hiring manager, right? but uh, are you the right fit in your mind and is this a place where you truly want to work So the only way you're going to be able to find that out is to be able to is to ask a lot of open-ended questions so let's let's look at a couple of questions so uh, M- Mr. producer let's say a candidate were to ask you you know what are the top two or three challenges that keep you up at night that I can help solve for you how, so on,
2: am I applying for the job or are
0: you No, let's say you're you're interviewing the candidate and I'm they and they the ask and, and they ask you a question like that, what kind of impression would that give you of the candidate right out of the gate? You know, like what are the top challenges that keep you up at night that I could help solve in this position?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't I don't really have trouble sleeping. <laughs> so
0: What's your secret?
2: <laughs> uh, I just be calm for an hour before bed, and I just go to sleep. And I've always been an easy sleeper, so I can't really, I mean, I can't, it might be genetics, it might be, that's kind of a bad question for me, because I was like, well, wait a second, who said I can't sleep at night? Because I certainly can sleep any time. Uh, but I mean, I guess if how about if you ask, just like, what are the three challenges, and what how can you help out with that? Um, I think really what it comes down to is the respect and expectations are met when you hire, hire somebody, because... Really, that's what a good hiring manager does. You hire somebody that they don't have to spend time and money on to fill that role. That's More right. Besides already, you know, the paid requirement. So yeah. to me, that's how I could sleep better at night is you do your job and you do your job efficiently. And Great point. So Yeah. No, that's that's so true. And uh, now let's
0: look at a couple of other questions that, that you can ask as, as the candidate as well. Probably um, – one of the best questions to ask, not probably, it is one of the best questions to ask, it's, if you had your ideal candidate for this position, what kind of qualities and characteristics would that person have? Or another way to ask it is, let's say you could wave a wand and poof, the you know, magically the ideal candidate were to appear. Describe that person for me. You know, what you're doing by asking an open-ended question like that you is is you're, you're taking the blindfold off. Uh, you know, think about playing darts. You know, it's hard enough to hit the bullseye playing darts. When you can see the bullseye clearly, it's still pretty tough to hit that bullseye. But now imagine putting a blindfold on and trying to hit that bullseye. It's going to be that much tougher. But, you know, when most people approach the interview, they don't ask a lot of open-ended questions. So they're interviewing with that with that blindfold on and not being able to see the bullseye. So they're not able to then hit the mark when it comes to the interview. So it's so important to ask open-ended qualifying questions. So so in addition to if you had your ideal candidate, what kind of qualities and characteristics would you look for? Another great question to ask, and, and this is one of my favorite questions. A year from now, you're in the process of giving me a great review. What will I have accomplished? Now that you're turning the interview into an open book test, And uh, because now what they're going to answer for you is what the expectations are for the job. You know, there's a lot of other open-ended questions that you can ask as well. You know, maybe uh, the position's been open for a while. You could potentially ask a question like, you know, I noticed that this position was initially posted six months ago. Uh, Why do you what, what is the challenge been or why do you feel it's taken this long for you to finally find the ideal candidate in me? Uh, you know, you could lighten it up by asking that way or just, you know, what's, you know, usually positions not open for six months. What's it, uh, what challenges have you experienced in finding the right person for this position? Uh, or, um, you know, it could be that it's a uh, position that's had a lot of high turnover. Uh, you know, you could ask questions about that. You know, what is the challenge? Or, or you could ask a question about, um, you know, what, what business need caused you to want to create this position? So there's a lot of different open-ended questions that, that you can ask during the qualifying process. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure you understand what their ideal of, uh, what their vision is of the ideal candidate, number one and number two, what the expectations are for the position. So at the end of that, hopefully you can make a decision on whether or not in your own mind, this is a job that you want and whether or not you're qualified to get that job. And if so, how you should position yourself during the rest of the interview to get that job. So with that, we're going to go to a break. And, uh, After we come back from the break, we're going to talk about overcoming objections and going for the close. So you're listening to IRLoneStar.com, FM 104.5, 106.1, Conroe, Texas.
2: Want to check out what it's like to be on the radio? Need credit for school? For an internship, then contact Dick online at Dick at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, and we are here to be part of the community.
0: Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Berman. Each week on Your Career, we're sharing with you valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. And we've been having a lot of fun today bantering back and forth about the interview process and uh, before the break we were talking about asking qualifying open-ended questions and uh, because let's face it if you if you can't see the bullseye it's going to be pretty tough to hit it so so important to ask those qualifying questions now the next phase of the interview is to present the solution and overcome objections so what does that mean Well, that means that it's time for you to position yourself as the ideal candidate. Hopefully, during the first two-thirds of the interview, you've been asking a lot of open-ended questions and having a really good two-way dialogue. Now it's time to wrap it all together and really talk about your vision for the job and how you feel you would be that best candidate for the position. You know, one of the things that we talk about in the Careers College and uh, and I've talked about it in my book as well, ten insider secrets to winning job search, is uh, the importance of thinking about a ninety day plan as you would approach the job. If you were hired, what would you envision that first ninety days to be? This is an ideal time to talk about that ninety day plan, your vision for the job, presenting your your case. This is like a closing argument. Uh, at a trial in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, so at the end of the day, you want to position yourself as the ideal candidate. So the way to do that is to tie in things that the interviewer was talking about during the interview. So so think about it. When he asked the question, if you had your ideal candidate, what kind of qualities and characteristics would that person have? Maybe the interviewer talked about the fact that that person needs to integrate really well within the team and has to be a team player, uh, somebody that doesn't watch the clock, somebody that's self-driven and doesn't need to be micromanaged. You know, maybe these are some of the characteristics, somebody that can step, uh, as Dick said earlier, somebody that can step into the job right away and, and have an impact. So so you're going to want to tie those types of things together uh, when it comes to the interview, and and, and you want to present your case, present your solution. Now, you may run into objections, and the key is to predict what those objections are going to be in advance and to come up with an answer on how you're going to overcome it. So our question of the day, for instance, was the fact that, you know, what if I don't have a degree? Does that mean I can't apply for a job even though I'm totally qualified for it? Well, let's take that objection. Well, you don't have a degree. Well, the way to handle an objection is one way to handle it is the feel, felt, found method. And what that method is is let's let's play it out. Hiring manager, I, I understand why you would feel that way. If you were in that position, I might feel you know if I was in that position, I might feel that way as well uh, because of the importance placed on a college education. Certainly, it's important, but what previous employers have found is that with me that wasn't an issue because of the experience I bring to the table and because of the tenacity and the work ethic that I bring to the table that they quickly forgot the fact that I don't have a college degree and, and were just so thrilled with the performance that I did on the job. So I can understand how you would feel that way, but and, and if I were in your shoes, I might have felt that way myself. But what people have found in the past that have worked for me is that it's not an issue. And I don't anticipate that's going to be an issue on this job as well. Because at the end of the day, one of the things you said that was most important is that somebody can step in and do the job. So I've been doing this job for many years. So would you rather have that, somebody like me that can step in and do the job, or maybe somebody that comes to you with a college degree, but they've never done the job before? What, what would you feel more comfortable with? I'm confident that you'll be thrilled with the fact that you hired me for this position. Does that answer your concern? That's how you overcome an objection. All right, now for the final piece of the equation the close. You know, when, when you think of a, uh, a trial, you know, those of you that have ever watched one of the trial shows on TV or police shows on TV or whatever. You know, at the end at the end of a trial, you have the uh, each lawyer gives their closing arguments. So the closing argument on the hiring manager's standpoint, if they really like you, they're going to clo- give you the closing argument on why you want to work at that company. And for you as the candidate, you want to give your closing argument on the fact that you want this job, the fact that you're excited about this job, the fact that That you are the most qualified person for this job. So at the end of the interview, you want to go for the close. And and don't ask a question, meek question like, Oh, when will I expect to hear back from you? Or when can I expect to hear back from you? That's like nails on a chalkboard. No, I want you to ask a powerful question like, This is an awesome position. I think I am the ideal candidate for this position. What's the next step in the process for me to become a top contributor for your team? Now, that's a powerful way to close out the interview. Close it out with success, you know, expecting success. Close it out with asking, what's the next step of the process to make it happen? So, in summary, today we talked about five steps of a winning job interview. Number one, the introduction. Show up on time. Be early, actually dress professionally be well groomed number 2 establish rapport number 3 qualify and review the needs number 4 present your solution and overcome objections and then the final step go for the close so next week's program we're going to ta- we're going to have a special guest on who's a recruiter and and it's gonna, you know I'm excited cuz we're going to get a recruiter's standpoint of You know, how do they find candidates and what types of things do they look for in the ideal candidate? So with that, that's the end of our program. I want to thank you so much for listening. And uh, you got a question for the question of the week? Let us know on Facebook.com or tbermont at IRLoneStar.com. With that, have a successful day and thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for checking out this production on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, Internet, and TV media, please call 936-647-5747 or contact us online at irlonestar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production produced by the show host and Dick Schistler of Lone Star Community Radio. Interested in volunteering as a music DJ or starting your own talk show? Yeah, contact Dick Schistler at dick at IRlonestar.com or by phone at 936-647-5747.